Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel. This is the show where we get to talk about sports, we get to talk about business, we get to talk about everything in between. However you're watching, however you're listening, whatever you're doing, please like, subscribe, five-star review. You know what you're supposed to do. We have video Spotify. I mean, I had it before everybody else. Now everybody else gets video Spotify, but I had it for like two or three months before everyone else. It was just me and Joe Rogan. Um, you can guess who was bigger, but whatever. Uh, incredible guest. Third time reoccurring guest today. I have James Santor. He's the founder at 3-2 Strategies. He was on the show talking about LaSalle baseball. He was on the show talking about 76 Capital. Very excited to have him on. James, how you doing, man? Doing great, man. How about you? It's great to be back. It's a great day to be alive, dude. You're back. It's a beautiful day in the Northeast here. There's really nothing else I could ask for. And uh, the Mets don't play, so they can't lose. Yeah, well, the Phillies play uh, in Seattle tonight, so I get to wait for my slow Ooh. and painful. No, that's how I'm going to fall asleep tonight. So Phillies probably letting up like three runs, and then it'll you know, be time for bed. But. How about this? They're probably not going to get no hit. And they're probably not going to give up seven runs in the ninth inning. I'm just just throwing out these two statistical anomalies are probably not going to happen. So at least you can have those in the bag. But James, hey, I'm very excited to have Philly you here. You're doing now. some <laughs> you're doing some cool stuff. You're doing some interesting things. And I, I I saw it a month ago. I was like, that's cool. I mean, we kind of we I kind of expected you to get out on your own doing some shit really cool at some point, and it just happened to be sooner rather than later. But we'll get to what you're doing. You know the deal. Everybody gets asked the question when they come on the show. James, why do you love sports so much? I mean, I just think about all the craziness we've we've gone through. I mean, honestly, like I've, I've talked to you before the pandemic, during the pandemic, and then now, like as we hopefully get to that next step. But I think the one thing that's kind of brought everybody together during this is really sports. And I feel, hopefully I said the same thing last time I was on the show and the time before that. But, I mean, it's kind of held us all together, whether it be the positives of our sports teams and negatives of our sports team, it kind of gives us that – an extra bit of passion, something to care about, something to take us away from the craziness of regular life. So, you know, that being said, the fact that both of us get to work in this industry and it gets to kind of be our daily life is such a blessing, man. It's so cool. And, you know, I really honestly never thought I'd get the chance to work in sports. So the chance, the, the fact that I get to kind of say that every time I say it, I kind of like smile. I'm like, I'm living a dream. So, um, you know, it's sports is the best thing in the entire world. I completely agree. Couldn't couldn't agree any more with you every every day um, that I wake up. You know, I talk to my other friends that don't really love their jobs, and I was like, ah, oh, Sunday scaries. I was like, swear to God, I do not have those. I have, I have not had those in years because I legitimately like what I do. I don't mind working late or on the weekend because I enjoy what I do and the industry that I do it in. And we were actually in the same industry for like a, the hottest of seconds there uh, in the sports betting space. Yeah. So we were, you know, kind of button heads as competitors there for a second. But we'll get to that. Um, I do really want to pick up uh, LaSalle baseball. You know, we had you come on the show. You saved LaSalle baseball. I think it was you pretty much single-handedly saved the LaSalle baseball from not mistaken, right? Try, trying to. We, we didn't, unfortunately didn't get to. Um, so what kind of happened after the last time we spoke was, you know, they had an unbelievable season. They set the school record for wins. And this is a bunch of guys that were literally told, hey, your program is going to cease to exist in X amount of months. So it literally had an expiration date on it. And they banded together the guys that didn't transfer. And anybody that did transfer, like, good for them. They found somewhere else, and they've all had success, and I'm happy for them. And the guys that stayed had just this unbelievable run and literally broke the school record for wins in the final season. And the school record was there since 1985. So, you know, the worst part about all this was that there was the hope the entire time, and I think that was what made it the worst when it 
like the opportunity was no longer there to save it. Um, we raised over, you know, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars. Uh, we were hoping that would be enough with other opportunities to like bring revenue into the school in future years. Like it was all about just driving revenue for the future and, and keeping the baseball team financially secure. Um, you know, and unfortunately, some of that fell on deaf ears. I mean, a lot of it was stuff that wasn't really done yet. A lot of it was trying to use NIL. A lot of it was trying to use NFTs as a means of fundraising. A lot of things that, and I don't blame them necessarily for not understanding the value that that could have brought. But it still, it pains me to kind of see all of that going on around LaSalle and them still not be, being extremely involved when they could have been the first, which was the goal. So long story short, we were unsuccessful. The guys had an unbelievable year, and I hopefully we at least brought some eyes to that, which I think we did, which was a really cool opportunity to do that. And now all the guys are off at different schools, and I can tell you one thing. There's some guys at huge schools, some guys at smaller schools that are thriving, and I think everybody that went through the last process is in a much better place in their life now because they went through something like that and really just found a family out of it. So um, it sucks we didn't bring it back, but it was the craziest like year of my life in that, in that aspect. But you know, it sucks. I miss it. But you know, one thing I will say is no matter what I do, until uh, I die, I will always be trying to save South baseball. And hopefully I can be financially, you know, at a point where I can one day. Uh, that's, that's really like my goal in life besides trying to like actually do good for the world. And I think in a lot of ways that is. So I was going to say that lines up. You would, you would be doing good for the world <laughs> if you brought it back. And it obviously is unfortunate, yeah. but I mean, we've seen I mean, we've seen, what was it, just like the UAB football team? Didn't they shut yep. down and then everyone got up in arms and they came back and they just won a bowl like last year. And that yeah. was like a whole three-year period. So, I mean, I don't know, man. It doesn't sound like it's 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 definitely not over yet. As you said, you're going to continue to keep saving LaSalle baseball. I thought you saved it. I thought you were there. You had Dave Portnoy. You had everybody on your side. Yeah. It's very frustrating to hear that it wasn't uh, wasn't able to come through. Look, there's a lot of things that happen. There's a lot of things that we couldn't control that LaSalle couldn't control. And at the end of the day, like it is a business decision. And I, and I understand that. And you know, I think, again, the toughest thing was that my audience for it was the parents of the players. So it's just always delivering bad news is never easy, especially yeah. when it's something that is this, that there's so many financial aspects involved in it. There are so many just, there was kids coming here from Puerto Rico. There was kids that were coming here from all over the country that all of a sudden they're like, what do we do next? And it's just really tough to be thrown in that position. So I, the toughest thing for me was not being able to give constant communication to the parents and not be able to give constant communication to anybody that cared about it. But the one thing I can say is that all the money we did raise, that like we refunded all the money on GoFundMe, refunded any actual donations. The only thing we had left was uh, like shirt sales, hat sales, like things like that. And all that money was donated to different organizations, which was pretty cool. Um, and one of the first clients I worked with, uh, Philadelphia Blind Hockey, it's an awesome organization started by Kelsey McGuire. And they're really, they're, it's them, the Flyers, are bringing the opportunity for kids that have visual impairments to try hockey. Uh, and it is a legitimate sport. There's a national hockey organization that does blind hockey. And, uh, you know, I was able to give them a check to really start their company and get, get an LLC and be, or become a 501c3. Like, that's value. And that's, that, that's better in the world through sports. And, like, that's honestly what I dream of was doing with LaSalle Baseball. Um, and, again, it didn't work out with LaSalle Baseball. Uh, but now I'm in a position with three two strategies to hopefully be able to do that same thing, which will hopefully eventually bring back LaSalle Baseball. But it's all part of the story. Yeah, it sounds like the things that you learned through this year, year and change process of trying to save LaSalle baseball, you are now able to impart that wisdom and impart that knowledge that you learned onto all these other organizations that you yeah. have the opportunity and the ability to work with. So it sounds like, yes, it's an unfortunate you know, thing that LaSalle could not be saved yet. But 
like everything that. that comes from it, right? You think about the positives that you're already helping other people, you're already helping other organizations. This is a one to many. This is not a one to one. It would have been great if you could save LaSalle, but now if you can go save ten other organizations because of all the things you learned from LaSalle, still sounds like a win in my book, man. Yeah, and look again, the toughest part of all that is it wasn't you know, it's not about me. Like I was just an alumni. But it's about like it was again, it's tough when there's people that really had to suffer from this. For me it was just it sucked that I just really cared a lot like it was a big part of my identity it really was my identity so it sucked for me from that aspect but financially all the other things it wasn't really the effect that the players and the parents had to deal with so again like I'm lucky that I was able like I was in a, it, it was a tough thing to swallow a tough pill to swallow when I was told there was no chance at the end of the season like I, I just didn't know what to do next like again it was literally something I always had like it was just when I, when I would talk to people or introduce myself it's like I played baseball at LaSalle and that's something I was always proud of and then that gets taken away. And then, you know, again, I was, I didn't want to be the face for it. I was just trying to help from behind. And all of a sudden I get thrown onto a, a freaking camera with a Portnoy. I did not want to do that. Like it wasn't my, it just happened. And next thing you know, again, all that's gone. And you have to tell the people that, Hey, it's not here anymore. And that's just, it, I'll never forget like that moment. It sucked. But again, it was, you know, we'll go through the rest of what I'm doing through these strategies, but like everything happens for a reason. And it was a tough time for me, tough time for a lot of people. But I, I really think that everybody that was involved in that process has come out a better person for it. And I really hope that's the case. 100%, man. And we appreciate what you did and what you're going to continue to do. Because, yeah, I'm pretty confident that there will be an alumni in LaSalle named James. And he is going to, I don't know, he's going to write <laughs> a, a blank. Let's call it a blank check. He'll write a blank check and make sure that we're all coming wish. back on board. So I'm excited. Hey, yeah, no, wish. You expect declare it man you know how all this shit works we're on the same wavelengths with that stuff kind of stuff so i'll um, see you at hank to vincent field in two years yeah oh how about this i'll make enough money and i'll just donate just give me like the home plate or something michael raziel home plate plate. that's not that's got a ring to it dude i i got much more for you than that come on i was gonna get portnoy the (laughs) home plate like behind home plate i'll give you the freaking scoreboard if if you're gonna help donate a field I think I might be able to do that, man. I like the sound of it. Um, good stuff, dude. So now I'm curious. So obviously that was, I mean, that wasn't that, that was a that was a labor of love. Uh, that what you yeah. were doing with let's uh, save LaSalle baseball. You are also making money. Um, over this period of time, right? This is a business show, so we like to talk about making money a little yes. bit. And so you were working with exactly. 76 Capital. Make sure to go back. I know a lot of things have changed since then. Um, James did give us an awesome, awesome interview on everything 76. I mean, was doing at that time. I know they're blowing up the whole space uh, in terms of sports and venture capital. They're an incredible company uh, run by, um, you know, Wayne over there. Just some awesome, awesome people. So I appreciate everyone that I've had on from the show. But you also spent a minute, it looks like, at Fubo Sportsbook. So I remember the last time I spoke to you, we just kind of had a phone conversation. You went out to Chicago. You moved out to Chicago to start working for this startup sportsbook company. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. I work for a sportsbook company too. And, you know, you're doing some similar things. And a couple months later, I was like, oh, now James is starting up his own thing. This is pretty awesome. So so talk to me. What are the timeline of events? Why would you go out to Chicago? Tell me a little bit more yep. about what you were doing at Fubo and then what eventually led to uh, what you're doing now. Yeah, and you know, the one thing I want to say, and I try to say this anytime I talk to somebody about what I'm doing now, but 76 Capital was like the most unbelievable opportunity in the world for me. And there's zero shot I would be sitting in this chair in Chicago talking to you right now about working in sports if it wasn't for 76 Capital. So, like, I can't even I can't even express how grateful I am that I had that chance to be Wayne's chief of staff and then director of marketing. Like, to get to work in that industry with those people was just – and I, I think I realized it at the time, um, but I think even more so after – 
just the value of, again, the people I learned from and the people I was with on a daily basis. And even during the, the pandemic, it was almost stronger because we had more time where we just really got to figure out a unique approach to this unique space. And all during that time, sports were changing rapidly because of technology. So, like, I got to be a part of something at the perfect time to see just how different sports can be with innovation. And, again, that all starts with Wayne and Chad and John and the rest of the 76 team. I mean, it, it was just, like, such an unbelievable opportunity. And I never wanted to leave. Honestly, I never would want – like, I never thought I was going to. And then an opportunity opened up uh, with one of our portfolio companies. So I had helped kind of, like, go from – it was one of the first companies I was off from point A to point B, or I guess from start to end, where I saw the initial pitch. We did the due diligence process, and then we invested. And that company was called Victory, or Line Library, then Victory, and then, then it became Fubo Sportsbook. So I had an opportunity to go work with friends of mine uh, who I became friendly with during that process. I had a chance to go somewhere new, which I had never really done. And again, like I had said, after LaSalle baseball stuff, I was just like, man, like, what do I do next? Like, I just put everything I had into this, and it failed. And, you know, I just didn't know like what I got to stop looking. you there. No such thing as failure. <laughs> you learned a lot of lessons, so you got a lot out of it. I'm sorry. I can't, we, we can't have that. We well, can't have that negative talk here. I'm sorry, man. Oh, well, I'm not trying. I, I, I totally agree with you because I don't think it's negative at all. I learned so much, but I got, I'm like in that instance, like, and this is all part of the process of kind of getting in the, in, the, in the kind of in the headspace I'm at now. But like, it was like, you know, what do I do next? Do I want to just kind of like be here and be, be in Philly? And like, you know, I think, what I realized is that there was, I knew there's a lot else out there. I knew I needed to, especially after the pandemic, when I started traveling a lot for work in February of 2020. <laughs> so I had like a few awesome weeks of traveling and meeting awesome people and networking. And I was just like, that was so much fun. And then all of a sudden the world gets shut down. And again, that's not a big deal compared to whatever else happened. I'm just saying in my, in my experience, but um, you know, so I think I had this desire to kind of go see the world, see what was out there. And then this opportunity, opportunity opens up in Chicago with people I'm really friendly with a business I understand and get, and then and they just gotten acquired by a public company. And I was like, this seems like a great next step for me. I get to go work with big companies to help launch a sports book. I get to work with great people. And I'm so happy I did that. I mean, I swear to you, man, I literally, like, it, one day it happened. Like, I, there was an opportunity for me to go to work in Chicago. I immediately knew I had to do it, and I just did it. Like, I just moved to Chicago, and it, like, it kind of just happened. And I, I'm happy I did that because taking – a leap of faith to kind of move somewhere new, meet new people. I needed that after a time where we were, you know, not public for a year, year plus. And the, the few months we got to work in the office at FUBA was amazing. I had amazing coworkers. It was an awesome space. You know, the mass midday came back. A lot of people stopped going to the office again. So it, it sucked to lose that personal connection. That per, like It sucked. And I mean, it was a tough winter in that aspect. But, you know, the spring rolls or the, the winter rolls around. And this actually happened like a day before my birthday. And I'll never forget like the, this weird feeling like my girlfriend had flown into Chicago um, and she's a tax accountant, works crazy hours during busy season. So we had planned like to just have dinner together. And like when she flew in that night and I just had this pit in my stomach all night, like something was wrong and I, I just didn't know what it was. And I wake up the next morning and I found out my grandmother passed away. And it was like this crazy feeling like of like this premonition of like, something's not right. I don't feel right. Something's going on. And like, I had been thinking for a while about what I wanted to do in my life. Like, it's just like, what, what am I passionate about? Again, losing LaSalle baseball, like that was what I was 
hopefully people saw my passion for it, but like once you lose that, the same way when you stop playing a sport, what do you find and recapture that? And I think that's what I've been trying to find since I got out of college, honestly. And that's what 3Q Strategies is. So my grandmother passes away, and it's like I just spend the next few days reflecting and trying to figure out, like, what the hell is going on right now? Like, I was away from home when that happened. It's like really, it was a really tough time for my family. And, and I only say that to say that, like, I, I, I've started 3Q Strategies because I felt like that's what, like, if I was to be talking to my grandma about this and I was telling her the way I was looking at life and what I wanted to do, she would have told me to go out and do something like this. Okay. Yeah. So, look, it was just a really tough time. I just took a lot of time to, like, sit back and think about what I had done in my life that I really just enjoyed. Like, what made me want to wake up every single day excited? And, again, like, for a few days there, I obviously I didn't want to just keep thinking about negative things. So I just kept thinking about, like, what have I been happiest doing? And for me, that really came down to my time at 76 and my time during the LaSalle baseball stuff. It was – being creative. It was being strategic and helping 76 and our portfolio companies and then helping to try to get people to care about LaSalle baseball, which is, again, it was a small little school in North Philly that if you were to ask a random person on the street where LaSalle was, they'd have no idea. And that was a challenge for me in the sense of like, how do I get people to care about that little school? Why should they care? And how is that going to relate to them? And in the same way, I had to do that at 76 because like, Venture capital funds are not easy to, to market for a lot of reasons. Now, luckily, we're, we were in sports, so it was a little bit more fun to be able to do that. But it's a unique type of, of opportunity, and I loved that challenge. And, again, those challenges of, again, LaSalle and 76, that's what, like, I missed from baseball. They gave me that same feeling. So that's what I took all the time to reflect, and I was like, what can I do? And it's that. And I could do that for multiple companies. I can help a lot of people out, meet a lot of great people, and not only do good work, do what I love to do, but just like get to do it with great people and great companies. And I think that's the best life I can imagine for myself. And it's like I think about like any movie or TV show I watch or anybody I've ever dreamed of being like, I feel like that's their goal too. And I feel like I have this path right now where I can really help people out and I can really enjoy it every step of the way. And I feel like that's living the dream. So it's not about money. It's not about anything else besides like just getting to do what I love. And, you know, I'd love to do that with the right people. And I think the fact that I get to do that now is a dream come true. So it's, it's been a crazy few months for years, but I'm just happy. It's all, everything happens for a reason. Um, you know, you just got to like look at the positives and things. And unfortunately I'm, I'm in a great space right now. And I'm just going to just keep being blessed that I'm working in sports because it's freaking awesome. Because it's freaking awesome. Quote that. Tattoo that somewhere on your body, right on your arm, so you can remember yeah. it. I'll put it where I got to? where I got Tommy John. I'll put it right there. There you go. You and you and uh, you and TJ just uh, together together forever on that one. Um, I guess so. Like with that though. So you know, obviously, it's uh, as you said, everything happens for a reason. I like thinking of it as everything has a reason that it does happen right there there is something that's there whether you want to see it or not whether you pick it up or if you do anything with that that's kind of up to you know it at the time too and if you know it again it's it's just always being aware of that and conscious of that too yep yeah self-awareness that's a superpower it seems like you're uh you're you're well on your way to uh, another marvel i mean you got the muscles for it man you might as well but um what (laughs) what, uh so so talk, talk to me a little bit uh three two is that michael jordan just want to confirm no, you are in Chicago, uh, so, so I kind of have to like. No, so 
it's James Santor, uh, who was a very subpar pitcher at LaSalle University. Uh, but I, I, again, I'm, that's Love self-deprecation. It. That's just how I am. But Love it. <laughs> excuse me. I thought, I thought it was a cool way. Like, when trying to think of a name, I was just like, man, what makes sense? Like, what can I – and this is, again, why I love what I do right now. Because that process for me, again, I, I have these self-reflective times. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. And I was thinking, like, what can I do that really shows what I'm about and that I'm proud of seeing every time I look at it? And that's how I think of any company. And I'll, I'll compare it to, like, why I'm wearing an Eagle shirt right now and why I wear literally anywhere I go to in Chicago. And anybody in Chicago can attest to this. Why I wear Philly sports stuff every single freaking day, every day, and it's because I'm so passionate about this team and my brand and any brand I get to work with because like that is that's all you, that's what you have. So I was thinking about what I could take from LaSalle baseball that I was still passionate about, and that was my number, which I'll never forget. My roommate, shout out Joe, Joe Rabert. One day he like said or texted, I forget what it was, but he said he called me three two. And I just liked the way that sounded, and I liked that that was what he saw me as, as like my number in co- as when I played baseball with him. And that was a special time in my life. So I thought it was a cool way to kind of bring that back. And then I have the telescope on top as well, which is a way of like kind of, again, saying thank you to LaSalle for the memories. And, and there's four stars in there for Chicago for where I incepted the idea. And then it's the Phillies retro colors for when they won a World Series in 1980. I love that, that powder blue and maroon. So... I had to pay tribute to Philly too, but I just wanted to bring it all together, and I thought that's that's what like a brand is, and it's being passionate about that. So yeah, and it's the things that you're most passionate about, right? You put all the most the things that you care about the absolute most into one logo that will now essentially you will be the face of, you will be the representation of moving forward, and vice versa, right? That brand is also going to yeah. represent you everywhere you go, which I think is pretty important. Yeah, and I think it's one of the questions I ask anybody I want to work with. It's like. Why do you have this the way it is? Like, I need you to sell me on, on your own, yep. yourself, your company, because if you can't sell me on that, how are you going to sell your customer? Like, there's all these processes that kind of just go into being like, it, it's just a conversation. It needs to be an open conversation. And that's what I really enjoy having with a lot of the people I've been working with is like, hey, you have these assets. What do you want to do with them? What is your goal? And how do we get there? And that's the fun part is being creative, getting there. And it's it's not a science, but it's it's an exercise of just trying to be creative and thinking and, and trial and error. And I think that, again, that's why I wake up every morning. And it's freaking awesome. I keep saying it's freaking awesome. I mean, it really is. I'm so happy to be doing this because getting to talk to people who are just as passionate about their brands as I am about mine, like that's that's how success happens. So it's it's been a really great start to this. You talk about waking up. I remember you used to do, what was it, 10K before 10 a.m., something along those lines. Are you still doing those? <laughs> So I, I don't do 10K before 10 a.m. I don't, I don't think they're still doing it officially, but I still like, I have a very, I'm a very routine driven person and my morning starts, I started something called, it's part of 3-2 Strategies, it's called Philly Sports Today. Um, and again, like doing something I'm passionate about, clearly Philly Sports. Um, but it's a way to kind of show what I could do from a graphics, video perspective, a social and voice perspective, mm-hmm. and then also just. A, a social growth. I mean, that's a lot of the, what I'm doing is, is social and digital marketing. So proving that I can do it on my own with something I'm passionate about and then being able to translate that to a brand. But I wake up every day and that's what I do before I do anything. So I usually wake up at like 5 a.m. I'll do my Philly Sports Today stuff, go work out, work a little bit longer. I'll do something else. Like it's finally the sun's out for the first time in three months in Chicago. So like I'll go try to go outside and do something active. Like my days are, are awesome because it's it's just my schedule and it's just me making sure I get to make sure that when I'm most creative 
when I feel ready to like, and the whole time I'm doing other things, which is the best part about working in sports, I feel like as a sports fan, I'm always thinking, I'm never not working because when I'm doing something else, I'm at a bar, I'm watching a, a, a Phillies game. That's not just sitting there as a fan watching a game. I'm thinking of ideas of how, what are the companies I'm working with or how something I could do personally with my accounts or just something in general I can do with that team, that broadcast. There's something to be done with everything. So I just love being really observant, and I think moving to Chicago has been really good for me to do that too because there's so much to look and see and to get inspiration from. And I think that's like something that I, I think I've really started to do more, and it, it's just it's a it's a crazy process, but I love it. I mean, it's it's really good. Again, going back to I wasn't kidding before about self awareness and awareness being a superpower. Mm-hmm. Like people that if you're aware of your surroundings and what's going on around you and and the things that other people are doing and wearing and saying and you know thinking out loud, right? Like being aware of those yep. things, you're going to be more observant. You're going to pick up on things. And as you said, like. Yeah, it's fun to go to a bar and, and sit down and, and watch a game. But at the same time, it doesn't hurt to be like, well, where's this beer from? Is this a local brewery? Is there something that we can do here? Is that, you know, where are these wings from? How, how do these wings taste? Where's yeah. this buffalo sauce? Like all of those things, as silly as that might sound out loud, like all that stuff's pretty legitimate. And the opportunity to then find ways to work with in some capacity, those brands could be life-saving for them, could be life-changing for you. Absolutely, and I take it a step further sometimes too. And I hate to say like I people watch, but like I think everybody does. Oh, hundred percent, but... <laughs> dude. That's the best. I love people watching. But yeah, but like I look at some of the clients I have and some of the people that these brands that I'm working with are going to be targeting. And I'm in a public place, and I see people that would be that demographic or those consumers. What are they doing? Like, what are they doing? And what are they doing differently than me? Because just because I do something a certain way or I consume something a certain way doesn't mean everybody else does. And I think again that awareness of that from a marketing perspective is so important. And I think that's like, sometimes again, a lot of the companies I'll be working with and I'll kind of, I guess I haven't really even gone into exactly what I'm doing yet. So I, that was going to be my or, next question. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's exactly that. Like it's, uh, it's like saying, Hey, you have a great product. You have a great business. Like how do we take it to the next level? And a lot of these people I've been talking to that are so smart and they built these unbelievable products or companies. It's just, it's just something they haven't really thought of yet sometimes to how to get your brand to the next level and why it's so important, whether it's from raising capital or just growing users, whatever it may be, like it's such an important piece of it. And I think for me, the brand building process isn't just a logo and colors. Like it's so much more than that. And to, I guess you can ask your next question or I can start flowing right into what I'm actually doing, whatever you like, but Roll with I'll it. flow into it. But yeah, so basically what I'm doing, it's, it's a combination of, of marketing services and strategic consulting. And the marketing services could be anything from graphic design, video editing, web design, like podcast creation, all of those types of things that you're going to use for the actual brand of your company to be for the public image, the private image for investors, whatever it is. I want to do that for you. And that's something that I really enjoy doing is, again, being creative. So I think that serves a value for, again, a lot of these companies that may be raising capital or maybe, hey, like they only need X amount of posts a day. Like <clears throat> their marketing schedule is a little bit different than most. And they don't want to hire a full-time CMO or a full marketing team, but they want that output and they want that creative strategy. Well, I'm going to do the services for you, but I'm also going to help you with the strategic aspect. So and I think that's, again, where I've had this unique background. My first job was in corporate finance, and then I go to VC, and then I go to work in sales and strategic partnerships at a public company. And then now I'm doing my own thing. But like bringing that all together and having both the finance, the business side, and then the creative and the marketing side – and trying to bring that together for companies to kind of just provide value is that's the goal of what I'm trying to do. And I, I think 
hopefully when people hear me explain that, like they, they get it. Cause sometimes it's like, I picture it in my head so differently than I portray it, but hopefully, I mean, you tell me if it, if that makes sense to you, because I'm very confident in like that combination of, of, of services and strategy is what gets brands, get, gets brands to that next level, that next level. So whether I, it be, yeah. I think it makes a hundred percent like that absolutely makes sense. There yeah. are so many small brands out there that don't have the capacity, don't have the ability, right? As you said, you're talking to people that know their brand very well and they're working yep. in it every single day, but then that, that's what that's their job, right? Their job is then it's difficult to say I'm the CEO and I'm the CMO and I'm, you know, getting all this information yeah. out to everybody where that's where you come in. It sounds like you're kind of a, a consultant on the side, you know, hey, I'll, I'll do all the work for you. You give me that retainer check and, and we're, we're ready to rock and roll from there. And it sounds like that's what, you know, it, did I kind of, did I portray that correctly? Yeah. And, and the way I think of it really is I call, I say like we're a true extension of the brand. So mm -hmm. just the same way I wear my Eagle shirt right now the same way I'll be as passionate about the brands I work with. So those companies, I mean, again, there's different, you know, you can do monthly retainers, project work, whatever it may be. Um, and actually anything over 12 plus months is probably won't happen for another few months as I continue to build this up. But 5% of all um, money that is coming, or revenue that comes in from that goes right back to charity, which is a big thing that awesome. I, I wanted to do. Like, I, I think that's like, you know, again, I, I hate, there's people that talk about it. Um, and then don't do it. So that's why I'm just like straight up. This is what I'm going to do with the money. It's going to get right back, like saying it right at the start. Um, cause it's really important to me too. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, look, there's a lot of, I could work with any company and I, I don't turn down any calls because I think it's just having conversations is how you meet people, how you have more ideas, how you continue to grow. Like, I think that's the beauty of this is that it's agnostic to everything. Um, I just want to talk to good people, talk to good companies and help them out. Um, whether that be a one-time project, whether that be a monthly retainer, it doesn't matter. I just want to build an ecosystem of really good people and really good companies and be able to use use that to bring everybody together and hopefully help this industry grow. Because, I mean, it's been a crazy few years in sports, and it's going to be an even crazier next few years. And, and that's it. That, I think that's awesome. Hundred percent. Everything that's coming from you know the pandemic, I'm always and you know this turn a negative into a positive, right? We, yep. we did a lot of great <laughs> things during the pandemic, right? And then uh, a lot of incredible things came out of it. And as you said, the next few years, it's only going to be a, a bigger boom, right? Anything Web three, yep. anything uh, you know that came from sports betting, mo all of this stuff pretty much started. I know Passport was repealed in 2018, but it got huge in 2020 when we were all just kind of sitting yeah. inside and we needed something to do. Like, let's start betting on games. Taxes need to be recouped, unfortunately. So what's something that you can kind of flip a switch, make $500 million like New Jersey did? Oh, it's sports betting. And now here we are where I think 35 states have finally uh, legalized with many, many more coming down the pipe. So uh, a lot of opportunities there. And so I guess yeah. like, so going out on your own, man, like that's not the easiest thing to do. I did it for a little while and it worked great until the pandemic. I kind of, I kind of ruined it a little bit, but like how, how did you, I mean, I don't believe in fear, but we all have it. I don't believe in worry. I don't believe in stress, right? But we are going to get it at some point in time. I mean, we're, was this just something that you're like, I can't not do this. So w worst case scenario, I just get a job in a couple months anyway. Like how were your, what were your thoughts around kind of starting this business on your own before even potentially landing any clients? Yeah. And I, I think that like basically everybody I knew thought I was pretty insane for a few months, um, which you know, I'm sure that that happens to a lot of people probably in these instances, but which is funny looking back too, because like, again, and actually I was telling you earlier today, I, I got my first like real, like a really good client that I've been trying for, for weeks, months on, and I, I signed them and I'm so excited because 
it's great when something comes to fruition that I've been working my ass off for this, and I really believed in it. And I think, again, it all goes back to when my grandmother passed away and that, like, self-realization that, like, now was the time. Like, it literally it just it felt like I got, like, impaled, and I was like, holy crap. Like, right now, I have the opportunity to do something that I could look back in 10 years and say, man, I really wish I did that. I have the opportunity to do it. I know I'm going to work hard, and the fact that it's on me to do a good job, it's, I want that because I know I hold myself accountable. So I felt like, look, this is only going to be unsuccessful if I fail. And I know I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that doesn't happen. Otherwise, I'm just going to do really good work for good people, and it's going to be a really, really fun opportunity. So, I love it, man. So how do you find clients? Like, what do, what do you do? Like, because that's, right, you need lifeblood, right? I, again, yeah. I understand you're doing this all because you're a good person. I know you. I've met you a number of times. You're a good guy. But you can't do this if you're not making any money, right? Like that's the whole, you know, kind of hamster wheel of it. It's like yeah. I want you to help as many people, so the more money you make, that means the more people you can help. How how do you go about finding clients? Who are you? How are you? How are you prospecting? I know you're a big networker, so are you kind of tapping into that network? What are you doing right now to find more of those big clients that you just landed? Yeah, and it really is networking. It's just finding people that I've I've dealt with in the past or people that are new that that look. There's some sort of synergy there, and I think again, I, I love talking to people. I could talk to you all day. We could have a 10-hour podcast, and it'd be I mean, seamless. me and Joe Rogan, I'm telling you, we both got video Spotify. I, I said it. I'm not lying. It's possible. I mean, look. When you're back here on the East, maybe that it'll be a little yeah, easier. We can do it in FB, person. FB Saturday, we'll do a Phillies-Mets game, and we'll go, uh, oh, go back dude. and forth on that. We'll pre-game it, watch it, post-game it, and then we'll see where the night takes us. How's that? Sound? August 20th, they have a doubleheader, so I don't know. Circle your calendar. Even better. Let's do it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, it's really like just I, I look – at LinkedIn, I look at, again, everything around me and try to think of, like, what can I do to, to provide value to that? So sometimes, like, last night, the Sixers win. Thank God. I'm a very happy person right now. Probably can tell why I'm in a good mood. Um, I'm scrolling through social media, and I'm looking at these different tweets that get engagement or things that get engagement or the things posted from the teams themselves. And, like, what is getting people excited? Obviously, the Sixers win. But what specifically is it James Harden's performance? Is it MB's performance? Like, what is getting people riled up? What are those people saying? What are their accounts like? Like all of that. Like that's what I'll go and do. But at the same time, that'll give me an idea to say, hey, I talked to this person four years ago. I love their business idea. Let me reach out and see if there's a way I can help them. And if not, I learn more about their business and they know I can help them in the future. And if not, like if it's caught up with a, somebody that I consider a friend. So I think it's really just trying to do organic <clears throat> sales and I have a lot of really good people in my network and a lot of people that care about me, a lot of people that have made really cool introductions for me. And I appreciate that. And I hopefully everybody knows I return the favor. So, um, again, it's just trying to work with, it's just all about good people. Like, I don't care if somebody's going to pay me $200 million. If they're a jerk, I would rather not take that money in a heartbeat. So we'll take the money because yeah. you can donate it to charity. Don't forget about your 5% to charity. I mean, that's 5% of $200 True. million, man. We're talking like, hey, what is that? 10 million bucks. I, just think about the charity aspect of it. It's worth it. I, I uh, I'd Just rather saying. take the PR from I'd rather take the PR from turning <laughs> that down actually, oh, to then turn that it. into another way to get two see? million dollars to then. Always yeah, thinking, man. I like that. I love yeah. it. Imagine, Incredible imagine dreams. that for your business. There you go. That's a sales pitch. There we go. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, James, this is awesome, man. I I love it. What are, like what's? It's only been a month and change, right? You said it's a month and three days since you started as of recording. We're recording yeah. this on May 9th. Um. 
like what what's next like I, I there isn't really a next yet but like what are what are some of those visions because i know you have a million of them like what are some of those things yeah. that you're looking out into the distance saying like hey you know as you said in 10 years i want to look back i don't want to look back and say man i yeah. wish i did that what are you looking back and saying damn that was awesome i want to do it again yeah i mean look i want to build something special with this and i think it's not about like scale is is, is relative right like i'd rather have four really good people on my team than 150 people that I don't really get to know. Like I want to have that ability to really make an impact on people and work with them on a daily basis. So I hope over the next year or two, I get to hire a few people that again, like I have a unique approach to things and some people may like that. Some people don't because I, I like to be efficient. I like to be creative and my mind's always working. So there's some people who like to turn off and that is okay. A thousand percent, but I probably wouldn't want to be hiring you because that's not how I work. Like I'm very open and honest about that. And I think that, that radical transparency, which is something I read in a book that was changed my life, like reading about that, about the importance of that in successful companies and successful people. It's just being, I want to work with people. I want to hire people eventually that will tell me if they don't like something. They'll tell me if they're working too much. Like, and that's okay. And I want that type of culture with 3-2 strategies, and I want to do that again with a family. So over the next, hopefully, year or two, I want to build that family, and I want to work with awesome companies, and really be able to make a difference for the companies I'm working with. And and this first one, like without naming names what I'm going to be doing, but I'm helping them with the rebrand. That's a major opportunity for them, for me, and I can't wait to freaking crush it because I've been thinking about it nonstop since I first talked about it, which is exactly why I'm doing this because I am just as excited about working for this with this new client as I am about the fact that the Sixers are in Game 5 of the Eastern Conference semifinals. And hopefully Philadelphia doesn't get mad at me, but like that's just that's honestly how passionate I'm about this. So I'm hyped up. I love it, man. Maybe it's a Philly brand. I don't know. Well, I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. So, uh, James, I love it. What, um, give me the socials, uh, yours, the, the business. Where can we find out more information in case anyone listening sure. wants to just check out some of the work that you're doing? Sure. So it's 3 2 strategies, and that could be number or, you know, it could be spelled out. Uh, it, it is 3 2, not 32. That people have said that. I don't care that much, but it is 3 2. I, I spelled out for you. No, no, you don't, you don't um, care at all. No, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so. So three two strategies on all different social handles. Uh, James Santor on different social handles, and then for anybody that likes Philly sports, follow Philly Sports Today for daily Philly sports content. But, daily Philly sports content. If you want to get sad, um, I love yeah, it, man. Maybe very that's, much I, so. I should start following. I think I follow. I was gonna say you can maybe, get happy. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Maybe I should. Maybe I should start like retweeting and reposting some of this stuff just to kind of make me feel happy because I just get to see your sad face. No, I love you, James, and I appreciate you for what you do, man. Sincerely, I love it. I think it's incredible. I think what you're doing is amazing. I've already seen some of the stuff you've done. Excited to see this incredible rebrand that, as you said, you're gonna absolutely freaking crush, man. It's gonna be incredible. So very excited. So everybody out there, please go give James a follow, give him a like, give him whatever you can do. Let's get this man's business to that. I guess that two hundred million dollar range, so we can donate ten million dollars to that charity. Right. I, I think that's what that's what we're trying to do. Um, if I, have to, if I James, have to turn down Elon, I have to turn down Elon. It is what it is. I guess I don't. Would you turn down Elon? Million two hundred million dollar question. Would you turn down Elon? Look, tell Elon the DMs are open if he wants to ask. Oh, okay. There we go. So, so no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just I don't, probably yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably not i like that um awesome man no sincerely you and everybody listening time's the only thing we don't get more of so i appreciate you sincerely appreciate you giving me some of yours um but yeah man this was incredible can't wait let's thanks. do this anything i can thanks do so here much. we'll get yeah. it on recording anything i can do to help just keep being you and just keep being a friend i mean i think it's that's honestly easy, just man. great 
Yeah, but like that's like give me, that's give what me some I love. Work. I want a little challenge, man. I want a little bit of challenge. Give me some fun to do. Uh, don't make me look like sweaty and Italian uh, in this video because I'm really sweaty and I'm Italian right now. So uh, you so, haven't yeah. talked with your hands that much, so it's really not that big a deal. They're actually held by ties down underneath the table here, so I don't. <laughs> Dude, always love having you on. I can't wait. How about we'll we'll make this just a continue to make this reoccurring after you land some of these big clients, after you land some of these sweet rebrands. Well, maybe I'll have you on a couple months. Talk about some of the cool shit you've done. How's that sound? August twentieth, we'll see what the NLE standings are too, and then we'll uh, we'll definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm confident that the Mets will not be on top of the MLB standing or the MLB standings at that point because that's the way my life goes. But until then, James, again, appreciate your time, man. Always a pleasure. Thanks, buddy. Michael, thanks. Thanks so much, man.